0: Hi and welcome to Plotress. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're going to be talking about Lady Sophia's Lover by Lisa Kleypas. So this is from 2002. Where does that fall
1: in her canon?
0: I would say it's probably mid-career. So she was, I think, already established as a writer. She wrote quite a few books. And then this, I think, starts sort of the golden age of Lisa Kleypas. OK. And so it's the second in a series, right? It's The second in a series is the Bow Street Runner series. I. Do not like the first one. I would not recommend that you start with it. In fact, especially for Lane, it was like a... I knew she wouldn't like it, so I said, just skip it. We're going to start with the second one. Um, the first one was about Sir Grant Morgan. I had a hunch because he's mentioned a lot in this
1: book at, in passing, and yeah. so is his wife, which I don't yeah. think would happen if they hadn't been the stars exactly. of the first book. Of course,
0: his wife is mentioned by like, oh, you, you could tell there was a deep bond between the two of them. You know, <laughs> you know whatever, which she has no character basically in the the second book not at all yep but um, anyway if you're really interested in the first one I will just tell you it's a lot of angst it involves a deception and mistaken identity plot that gets squished together and then a um, villainous Bow Street Runner in the end so it's just a little too much drama for me all right I haven't
1: read it so I can't comment yeah
0: but I I really think this is this is a great introduction to Lisa Kleypas. So if you've seen her name out there um, and you've heard people talking about what a great author she is, I think this gives you a good idea of how good she can be. Agreed, I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. I confuse, and this is a
1: problem because I like them both very much, I confuse Lisa Kleypas and Laura Chase a lot. Mm. I think this might be my favorite Kleypas, yeah. if I'm thinking her books are the books in my mind.
0: Yeah, so. I, and I, I think they probably are. So but we'll I like this better than the win the seasonal series. Yes. Yes, she wrote the
1: the Wallflowers. Yeah, series. I like I like this better than the Wallflowers. Yeah. But right, Okay, so, great. This is the book jacket. Why is Lady Sophia looking for a lover?
0: And could she seduce the most marriageable man in London? Lady Sophia Sidney would do anything to ensnare the unattainable Sir Ross Cannon. Her goal, to ruin his reputation and cause a scandal that would be the talk of all London. So she insinuates herself into his life by gaining his trust and living in his house.
1: Every morning her lush presence tempts him beyond all reason. The way she bends over the table to serve him the meal she has prepared. The way her hands, oh so gently, yet sensuously, brush against him. Every night she promises with her eyes. And her body that the hours before dawn could be spent in unbridled passion instead of restless sleep if only he'd
0: let her share his bed she knows she is falling she knows he is falling more in love with her each day but she never counted on falling in love with him and she never dreamed he might very respectably ask for her hand in marriage dun 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 (laughs) this is like this is an intense book to
1: guys. <laughs> <laughs> it does a good job of not spoiling much. Yeah. And it gets across, this one was really sexy and sensual. Yes. And for all that the description of it was a little bit over the top, I think it does capture the amount of this book that is focused on just how bad they want each other. Yeah,
0: because they want each other real bad. I mean, the, like the first chapter of this book opens with Sir Ross interviewing her for a job and he gets an erection behind his desk. Like, yeah, like That is like the first paragraph. Pretty much. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's very clear
1: that they're incredibly attracted to each other from the very beginning and it really does permeate every interaction they have. So if you're more interested in like deep conversations and having a lot of things in common and you want that really established in your romance
0: novels, what these two people have in common is how bad they want to get together. Yeah. And you know, uh, we've talked about how one of our pet peeves is when the um, the conflict comes from the relationship. Conflict is completely external to this relationship. Like they 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 to never a
1: comical degree. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's over the top. I'm going to be honest. This Klapos is like over the top. There's a major cheese factor. There's a major sex factor. There's major drama factor. Like there's it's all uh, pushed up to eleven. Like there's nothing in this book that's like eh. Yeah, it's all very emphatic. (laughs) Yes, emphatic. So our
1: randomly generated number this episode is 19. So Meg, what is your 19-word
0: summary of Lady Sophia's Lover? So here it is. The most honorable man in England compromises his principles for a loyal lady, but where do her loyalties lie? Dun dun dun. (laughs) What's
1: yours? orphan seeks revenge against a man when the problem is the system lots of almost sex at inappropriate times
0: yes so i I think i i think our summaries also do a really good job of explaining what you're gonna get into yep okay all right so let's start with the quality and any romantic tropes that you noticed in the book
1: so, one of the ones that really stuck out to me, I think because we've actually covered a lot of books with this so far, is the dead wife drope. Yeah. He, of course, lost his first wife and child in childbirth and has been mostly celibate
0: ever since. Yeah, like almost entirely celibate. He had one... Liaison with a widow three years ago. Yeah, exactly. And his wife has been dead for... Five years? Yeah, so he's, he's been very circumspect
1: and I just think not only the like the dead wife and the tragedy and the like of course I'm a man who could be open to love but I had to close my heart after what I
0: went through combined with the uh, painful celibacy. Yes. Yeah. And then this is the yeah this is really the first woman who's affected him so deeply since Well, because, of course, he had to break it off the
1: widow because she developed feelings.
0: Exactly. And he was like, I don't want to... He's so honorable that he's like, I don't want to lead her on. So we just... We have... We've got to break up. And I then can't touch anyone else for several years. Yeah, Well, I mean, he didn't want to lead anyone else on. Yeah, You know, he's that... Like, to me... So this is something, again, we've talked about before, about the man the good guy who goes bad for you versus the bad boy who goes good for you sir ross is like the epitome of like the good guy yes who so he's like the
1: head of the bow street runners yes so not only is he like personally unimpeachably moral but his job is enforcing that morality on society yes he is so upright
0: so he's so yeah so upright and then he's so upright as well that even the people the cockney people that he most often passes sentences against like respect him and they're like yes he's he's fair he's impartial like he would never punish someone just to be mean like he's just really like rather than sending children who steal bread
1: to jail he sends them to the navy yeah and gets them a career exactly their fortitude
0: exactly so i mean this is sir ross this is sir ross and i mean from the moment he meets her he's just he knows that she's going to make him somehow compromise his principles. Like I said, he she comes in for a job, and he's like, I'm not going to give you this job because I, I want to bone you. Basically, he's like, no, like, you can't. I can't he gives her the you. job. <laughs> Just in case that's unclear. Dear listener, she got the job. <laughs> she got the jobs. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So she works for him in the magistrate's office. So at Bow Street, like, writing up the hue and cry mm-hmm. and like working with prisoners and stuff but then she also takes on the role of his housekeeper in his his house and they're attached they're attached so yeah 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 she and then of course she starts her campaign of making him fall in love with her by just taking care of all of his creature comforts she makes all this this wonderful food and you know makes sure that his his ties are starched and you know, very like housewifely things. Right. Like notices when his ties are threadbare mm-hmm. and makes him get new ones and exactly. forces him to shop. Exactly. Just like very, um, yeah, like very wifely things, not even housewifely, but just more like he, he, it's been five years since he had a woman notice these things about him. So. So like why does she want him to fall in love with her?
1: Well Meg. As I mentioned in my summary, she is a sad, tragic orphan. Oh, yeah. Her father was a Viscount. Oh, my. But her parents were tragically killed. That's really sad. What happened after that? She and her brother, the heir, um, were forced to live on the streets.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And they were kicked out by most of the family that took them in. And so they resorted to scraping by, and she ended up working as a servant for a kindly relative who fired her when she lost her virginity. Oh, damn, girl. And her brother um, was, to her mind, caught up in some petty theft and sentenced to to hard labor, which killed him.
0: And who sentenced him to this hard labor? Sir Ross. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, for, so for Sophia's, like, entire life, she has been blaming Sir Ross for the death of her brother. And so I, I'm not sure what... ...caused her at this moment in her life to seek him out and decide to ruin him? Through seduction. Through seduction! This is is my favorite part, I think, about her harebrained scheme.
1: The plan isn't just to, like, get access to his chambers, find evidence that his personal character isn't unimpeachable, and find evidence of corruption amongst the runners. Her plan is specifically to do that, but more importantly make him fall in love with her and then break his heart. Right, right. So she's her plan from the beginning is like, we're going to hook up, I'm going to make him fall for me, I'm not a virgin so I can tell him the story and I can like go all out mm-hmm. and then I'll just leave him. And she's expecting him to be like paunchy and disgusting, which yeah. is also hilarious because he's pretty regularly portrayed in like the papers from what we, we can tell. Yeah, But
0: you know, they are caricatures and you know, uh, who knows what he looks like. Sure. But,
1: but instead, so she's shocked, totally shocked when she walks in for this interview and he's He's like
0: Silver Fox. Yeah. You know, like he's got some gray in his temples. He's a little bit older, but not too old. And like she's all about him, like immediately. From the very beginning, she's
1: like, oh no, this is going to be difficult because I wanted this just to be about ruination. But a piece of
0: me is like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, And this is a great part for us, a great time for us to introduce one of our new features for the podcast. Yes. (laughs) So uh, we've already talked in several podcasts about like, Sometimes we get a reason for why the hero is just jacked.
1: Right, and especially when a lot of these are aristocrats mm-hmm. who are scientifically inclined or business minded or just l- layabouts, mm-hmm. the idea that they would have had these amazing physiques back then, when we know most aristocrats were pretty soft and pudgy, right. is hilarious.
0: Um, but there's a there has to be a reason so it, I don't think there has to be but often there actually is a reason in the text for why they are young and hot right exactly so so we're, we're calling this gentleman Jackson's get pumped workout tips so in this case we've got gentleman Jackson's get pumped workout tips for the magistrate who has it all yep so uh, his advice gentleman Jackson's advice was make sure you get out there and hunt criminals with your runners don't stick back in the office all day and just direct them Um, Also, make sure you don't eat, forget a lot
1: because you're just so busy with work and your housemaid can't cook. So you basically just subsist on black coffee. No need to worry about carbo loading.
0: Yep, exactly. But then I think it does help because he gets this new housekeeper and she starts cooking for him. And so he puts on a little, uh, I think we're supposed to assume it's muscle on this frame.
1: Even though we see him chase down a criminal once. once. So apparently chasing criminals like once a month really does a lot that's enough you don't need more especially to have like a full muscled physique
0: yeah yeah fully and I mean yeah
1: and I've heard like you don't need to eat either
0: no No. you don't you really don't need to and I think coffee is enough for you and coffee black coffee because if you put cream in it it might be a little too much fat you know right to your hips so okay
1: (laughs) so yeah he is jacked
0: yeah 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 and I mean he he so and what what is the reason given in the text for him to track down this criminal it's because he has so much pent-up sexual energy like living and longing for her well that's the other thing his men basically call him out that it's unlike
1: it's like behavior that's unlike him yeah for him to just take these unnecessary risks and go all out especially on his own and he admits it was stupid and he only did it because he's basically so like thinking with the wrong brain Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, this is, guys, this is great. This is so much fun. Like, Lane and I loved it. So don't worry, though, because he gets shot. So we've got a hurt comfort trope. Yes. So he gets shot doing that. And then who has to nurse him back to health? Sophia.
1: And this is the first moment where she's like, oh, maybe I don't want to hurt him. Maybe I hate seeing him hurt. Oh no! Oh no! Am I in love with him? My revenge scheme is thwarted. <laughs> <But laughs> oh, so any other tropes where she's concerned? Because she's got this tragic orphan backstory.
0: Yeah. Oh, of course. So, so Lane mentioned that she's not a virgin. So she had a she was fooled by a visiting aristocrat. Um, was he an aristocrat? Yeah. Yeah. Was like the, the lord, something. Like the fifth son of a. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, you know, nobleman nobleman mm-hmm. um, who fooled her into sleeping with him. So, he was like, yeah, let's... I want to marry you. I want to marry be with you. you. I want to be with you. So, they have sex once. Mm-hmm. And then she gets loved and left. He leaves her. And she finds out he was married all along. Yeah, the and whole time he was already married. And then her um, cousin finds out and then, set, like, fires her, basically. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, when she gets together with Sir Ross, like she tells Sir Ross that she's not a virgin, and he, well, because he asks her for references, yeah, and she's like, I don't really have any because my last employer kicked me out for yeah. being a hussy. So he knows about this. He mm-hmm. knows about this past. And then when they start, oh, I don't want to say hooking up. When they start like making out in dark corners of Bow Street, um, he he's like, so why why did you? Why, don't, why aren't you interested in another liaison? Because she said she wasn't interested in another. I'm like, don't worry. I had this lapse in the past, but it won't happen again. He's like, why not? And she's like, well, I just wasn't satisfied. And then she runs away, you know. But he has to like <laughs> drag it out of her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yes, she's maybe experienced sexually, but when she does finally hook up with Saras, it is the first time that she's ever been fulfilled sexually. You, like, you can have gotten around and be
1: tainted goods, but you can't actually be a harlot. You can't actually have liked it.
0: Yeah. You know, it's very virgin horror, whatever. Yep. Um. So it's a little annoying. Uh, let's see, what else have we got? Well, we've got the evil villainous brother. So they both have. They both have an evil villainous brother. Dun,
1: dun, dun. I, I
0: don't want to spoil too much, but yeah. we're Suffice spoiling it to for say, you. One is... A bad guy,
1: and the other is actually a disgusting human being.
0: <laughs> You're right. <laughs> one one might be a criminal, but he's not mean. And the other guy might not be a criminal, but he actually should be. Yeah, taken to court, and you know, or shot, or shot. Yeah. Okay. So I think I think we covered the tropes that we thought of. We sometimes think of others on the fly. Yeah, this one is uh it's also it's such a prototype yeah. in a lot of
1: ways that a lot of the things are pretty tropey. Yeah,
0: a lot of it. So like we we talked I brought up already that the conflict all comes from without. Yeah. So by that I mean, you know, he she's got a criminal brother that's a criminal brother. Yes, that who who Saras sentenced mm-hmm. um to serve time in the the prison hulks and and who then died out there. Uh, so, so she's got that part of the conflict, and then there's a class conflict in that you know she is a servant. She she might be the daughter of a viscount, but she also, so you mentioned this. Would that not be a lady? Yeah, she's not actually Lady Sophia. She she should be the Honorable Miss Sydney, but you know this is this is one of the this is one of Claypiss's things, especially in her early books. She did not get this stuff right. So I, I don't know if it matters to to you that much. You know, it really depends to me on the how much it's supposed to play a role. And in this point, in this book, she doesn't go by Lady Sophia. And no, it's
1: essentially just something that enables his family to say, "Oh, well, she might be a servant,
0: but she was born right. a member of the gentry, aristocracy." Right. Which which is the case, even if she were the the honorable Miss. Right. But in any case, it's not, to me, it's not, it, it doesn't bug me that much in this book. And it's also, she doesn't get called that every single page, um, right? which probably would start to bother me more. Okay. Um, so that's in there. Uh, so there's a class conflict and that because she, so she works as his servant and then she also works for his mother. To throw a, house a party. to throw a house party.
1: Well, and then he's got the dead wife. He's
0: got the dead wife. And he's, he's still
1: mourning her. And now he's basically married to his job and he's trying to figure out what he wants his future to be. Yeah,
0: and then also, so how did his last wife die? She died in childbirth. So if, if Sophia ever gets pregnant, which, I mean, you can guess whether she does or not in the book, but it would really affect Sir Ross as well. Right, and the other conflict is he's sort of got this equivalent of
1: himself in the criminal underworld,
0: Mm -hmm. who he's
1: desperate to see behind bars.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So um, what's his... Nick Gentry. Oh, yes. Nick Gentry. This actually is the person I was thinking of when we talked about Eric Gentry and The Chance. Oh, okay. Who... The last name... Because I think... I mean, I really like that the last name here was Gentry, because he's like the king of the underworld. Right? Right? Anyway, I just thought it was... I I really liked it. Enjoyable. Like, I loved that his name was Nick Gentry. And they just call him Gentry, you know? (laughs) And so he's
1: a thief taker, yes, but the word on the street is that he puts men up to criminal activity so he can then report on them and profit.
0: Exactly. So, like sure, he brings some people in and collects their reward on them, but then other times he just entraps them um, into doing the criminal act and then brings them in. And of course this is
1: the sort of thing that it's difficult to prove. Yes. So they've arrested him on numerous occasions, and he's very popular with
0: the people. Oh yeah, the people love him, and he's like so charismatic. And so hot. Like, he has animal spirits. <laughs> it's like this one, this one was used, right? I don't remember that. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know why I know this, but anyway, um, I think they say that. But So there's there's a lot
1: of external conflict in this book, which yeah. is, like, props to the author for not resorting to internal conflict. Yeah.
0: But, oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. So it's a lot. I mean, it is all super over the top personally again I love this it was so great that it was I don't know to me like if you're gonna have a conflict like have it be over the top like go there for me I'm I'm about that
1: and there's a couple of other things we just don't want to mention because they get too spoiler heavy yeah. so suffice it to say that wasn't a comprehensive list yes
0: um, so the let's see the writing in general I think it's very kleypas and by that I mean the characters are really fun the situations are fun there's a lot of good sex the writing itself is good, the sentence structure is nice, the plot gets a little muddled. So very, I, I would say one of Claipus's features is that they, so the hero and heroine meet, there's this like sexual tension that just gets ramped up and ramped up and ramped up. They get married and then what do you do with the plot? You know? And so that, it, that happens here too. Well and especially
1: because once they're sort of stuck together, the worst things that can happen sort of get dialed down. Mm-hmm. She it definitely got a little bit less cohesive, right after the wedding. Yeah, which isn't a big part of the book. Mm-hmm.
0: No, it's not. They get very much. pretty late. But they so get very
1: pretty late. It's sort of just the wrapping up of the conflict. You're like, okay, that was fine, but. Yeah, you read this book from the middle, not the end.
0: Yeah, well, and then you know, after they get married, then like, what happens? He buys a house for her, and they go visit the house, and then the, she gets pregnant, and he deals with the pregnancy. Oh, come on! He—they all knew it. And, <laughs> and then he has to deal with Nick Gentry, and like, but they, they're—it's like episodic. Yes, it's not like a coherent. It, you, it plot. basically goes from
1: this is a narrative to, and now we are wrapping up the points one by one.
0: Yep. But um, in an enjoyable way. Yes. Yeah. So, like, visiting the house is is pretty hot. I am trying to picture the contraption they were using in that scene. I swear to God. Like, I looked it up. I looked that thing up on Google. I Googled it. It's like a
1: rocking horse of sorts. Kind of. For workouts.
0: Yeah. And so
1: they... We should have added that in a gentleman jack's That's true get pumped workout. So they're like going up and down on this contraption while going at it and it sounded good. You're right.
0: <laughs> so you know, don't let the fact that they're just doing some real estate visits turn you off. They are some sexy real estate visits. Mm-hmm. So Lane, do you like that Sir Ross basically gave up everything for love? Yes. Yeah, me too.
1: I mean he <laughs> is
0: it also didn't really seem to come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: clearly, he has been working crazy hours as a runner for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And especially once he gets gentry, he sort of achieved what he yep. wanted from his career. So he starts sort of thinking about, once I get gentry, what am I going to do? And I,
0: I just love that he's like, all right, we're married now. I'm quitting my job. Yeah, and I'm out.
1: his plan is to loaf about and hang out with her and maybe do some charity.
0: Yep. It, I mean, it's I, w- I would love that if... Like my husband and I could just be like, you know what, let's just hang out at home. I'd go crazy, but you know, well I mean have some charities. Have some charities. <laughs> you know? <laughs> go to a ball. No, yeah, it was by a house. He was
1: exactly what I want from a romantic hero for sure.
0: Yeah, I because Lane was like, I don't know. I haven't like loved all the claythis I've read and I was like, okay. I was like, I will find you a That's hero true. you will love. And he, that hero is Sir Ross, the man of our times and of all times.
1: Yes, he was perfect. Um, one of my favorite things he says about her in her head, and this is just, like, I like finding sentences that really stick out to me. One of the early hookups, he quotes thinks to himself that he has responded to her tender witchery with a low groan. Yeah. <laughs> I want tender w- witchery on my tombstone. Yeah.
0: And was this in a sexy scene? Yes. Or, okay. Because I could also see this being like when she makes some pancakes for breakfast. No, but the tender witchery. I know, but I could... Physical contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also could see this being when he's, like, hurt in bed. I could see all of it. I feel like it was a little bit post the yeah. hers comfort, her yeah, comfort. Yeah. That yeah. Guys, when he gets shot and is in bed,
1: it's amazing. With blood gushing out of his arm is not when I think blood would be rushing south, but you'd be wrong. Yeah,
0: but, and I'm, like, the day after, too, she just has to change his bandages and... They're stuck together in this small room. There is so much aborted
1: attempts to actually have sex in oh the Oh my gosh. Mostly because of his injury slash people almost walking in on them. Yeah. But it's, the buildup is intense. Yeah.
0: And you know what? I'm not complaining. So I think the tender witchery occurred in that ramping up okay. part. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I was wondering. Okay, so sexy. We I think you guys already know we started talking about this. It is pretty sexy full stop, this book is hot. Yeah, and like everything in his office is hot
1: and wrong and hot.
0: Yeah, like I also put this under offensiveness because I feel like I should be offended by this employer, like wanting to do his employee. Like, shouldn't there be an HR manual about this that addresses the specific situation? <laughs> I feel like there
1: was, and it was at the beginning, he told her, I can't have you around here, you're too hot. And she was like, you're gonna hire me anyway. And he said, okay. And, and he
0: did. That was the HR manual. And, and I mean, you know what? Like, I intellectually, I know this should be wrong, but um, I did not stop reading this book. <laughs> <laughs> because of that well there's also something so
1: hot about like working together in close proximity when that's the last thing you want to be doing uh-huh. because you're in close proximity Uh-huh. and they take advantage of that uh-huh
0: yeah okay um, there is okay I do want to mention there is a little bit of questionable consent at the house party um, so he's they, they have established already that they kind of both want to be intimate with each other, but then the moment that he goes for it is <laughs> not the right moment. So this is like
1: the third aborted attempt. Yep.
0: at hooking up. Oh yeah, at least. And basically,
1: he finds her like locked in a room with his brother. Yeah. And his brother's just been like insulting her yeah. and tearing her down. Yeah. And calling her wh- like a whore. Yeah. And, like making passing reference to her putting out to him too. Yeah. And Sir so Wash bl- walks in, and Matthew, the brother, blames. Lady Sophia.
0: Yeah, he's like, She's been coming on to me all night.
1: And so Sophia's like really upset and she's in this room, and that's when he makes his move. Yeah. In the middle of a house party game. Yeah. Like, anyone can walk in at any moment, and she's just been like harassed by
0: his brother. And she's like, dude, Sir Ross, and now's not the time. And he's like, No, it is the time. And I'm like, dude, Sir Ross. Like, it just wasn't wait. the time, though. It wasn't so that's the time, where it, man. she ends up convincing him,
1: sort of, <laughs> that they should find a bed.
0: Yeah. And he does say God, it's been a long time since I did this. I've been screwing this up. (laughs) So he admits to, you know, I have like totally screwed it up. Once again, he has scrambled
1: eggs for brains now. Yeah. Because he's just so in love with her. He can't do anything. Um, Okay. So one of the things that I loved about this was she has a lot of insecurity about like if he knew various truths, Hmm. how he'd respond to her throughout the Mm -hmm. book, and I really don't want to spoil some of this, so I'm just going to kind of gloss over it, but Clepis uses sex as a way not to demonstrate forgiveness or, like, to work through conflict, because they do that through
0: talking, Mm -hmm. (gasps) which I know, like, like, my hands are raised in the victory sign. I love it. Thank you for talking to each other. But she does use sex to sort of demonstrate
1: just how at her mercy he is. Mm -hmm. Like, if you had any doubt that he was going to hold a grudge for any of it, you know he won't because of the way he is immediately, like, prostrate at her feet. Yeah.
0: And I think there's even a moment in one of the sex scenes where she realizes this. Yeah. And she's like, I would never use this against him. But I also realize, like, how... I have no need to keep things from him because he is
1: inexorably obsessed. Yes,
0: yes. And then, uh, this is just one thing that I notice, especially with Clefas, is, um, especially in her historical novels, but, like, the woman will be a, a less sexually experienced than the man, um, and she'll be, she'll get so worked up, she'll be at this point, that she just doesn't know what to do, and, like, she can't figure it out, and then he's like, I'll take care of you. <laughs> and then he does. And he does, yes. And I I do, I'm not complaining about this, I'm just telling you that, this happens in the book and in many of her books the heroes take care of the heroine it's fun yeah
1: okay uh so we talked a little bit about the questionable consent and the employer employee was there anything else
0: that offended you well okay so I did not find this offensive but I knew that this would this would get up, right up to Lane's line and maybe put a foot over. And it's the fact that her brother, when he was sentenced to um, you know, hard labor, I don't know if it was hard labor or just out in this prison hulk, so he's in a big old boat, chained, chained to, the other, to other convicts. So his brother does suffer some sexual abuse there. Yeah, I would say it
1: was right up to my line. Yeah. It was not really dealt with in this book. Right. I get the impression that it might be brought up again later or subsequently in the series, but um, it's obviously being on a prison boat sucks and I didn't need to know the specifics of why it sucked. Yeah. In this book, so it was just a little bit over the top, I felt like, for the scene where it happens. Um, And then the only other thing that bothered me, the end is him coming to a confrontation with the criminal he's been hunting and she has to be present too for plot reasons and when he realizes that she didn't just stay in the
0: carriage the way he told her to what he thinks about is beating her yeah and I to me this is very much like the 1950s and 60s movies where the man is like "Oh, you you I need to take you up back and spank you you know what I mean well he thinks that too yeah yeah he
1: thinks he wants to put her over his knee and it's just like through that whole sequence, he is using the idea of being a physical threat to her. Yeah. And I mean, he never says it out loud. He never says never that he never, it. He never like, does it. He never would do it. But it's all, it was just so weird to me because she's frustrated and aggravated him a yeah. lot through
0: this series, and mm-hmm. he never
1: thinks yeah. like I'm
0: gonna beat the shit out of her. And he never I mean, he never would. And that's the thing about it. But Sarasa, he thinks about it, it like
1: three separate times during yeah. this final chase sequence, and like all he can think is that like he'd love to slap her for this. And I'm just I just wish there'd been some other way to express his frustration yeah. than like his desire to think about hurting her. Yeah.
0: And, and I, I f- so when I said it was like 50s and 60s movies where they get taken out back and spanked, like yes, I just find it a little bit outdated but a commonly used trope. Right. You know what I mean? So like it is a trope that they will say, oh, you deserve, you deserve, uh, you know, beating for that when they, they would never actually do it and I don't know I think it's like there to show like how how deep their feelings are. Yeah, You know like, what I clearly
1: mean? Clearly at this point, you're 95% of the way into the book. You already either love it or hate it. I was enjoying it, so I wasn't that bothered. But it was like yeah. very jarring.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because especially, it was totally
1: so different than anything And especially
0: anything else. Sir Ross, who, who, I mean, throughout the book, he's described as being the magistrate who's like there for women and children. He goes after a man who has locked up his wife for cheating on him, even though the man is has not violated any laws so at the time the man was totally within his rights to control his wife that way and Seraf was like nope get her out of the attic you know so like he's out there defending women defending children his whole thing about hiring Sophia is that he doesn't want to take advantage of her and all this stuff and then yeah this gets thrown in there and it's just it feels yeah. out of character exactly so exactly but
1: overall excellent book
0: yeah overall I really enjoy this book it's so much fun so over the top it's so full of like great cheese like when i say it's cheesy i, I that is not a criticism like no. i love it i love it and then there's just some a lot of great
1: sex yeah
0: <laughs> i was trying to think of a different work word for it but you yeah, know say what you mean <laughs> i mean there there are a lot of really good scenes several i can't even list them all guys yes yeah. no uh huh Several and if you're looking for like diversity of, of scenes, we've got like the bedroom, we've got the drawing room, we've got his office, we have um, visiting the house where they find this uh, mechanical horse, I think it's called. And we've got outside under a tree on a really hot day. I'm just slowly nodding <laughs> like this. They're and, and I know we're missing some. and more and and more. So, so um, pantry. Th-
1: Yes, two thumbs up. Yeah,
0: we liked it. It's good.
1: So let us know what you thought. You can find us on uh, Instagram at Platris, and you can reach us via email at Platris at
0: gmail.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. We had a great time talking about it today, and I'm sure we'll be back next time with another book for you.